This week on the Lord's Grantha podcast, we are revisiting Downton Abbey this week. Just for a one-off episode, we are going to be talking Season 2, Episode 5. If you haven't watched it, rewatch it, and then come back to this and listen to us talk about it. Let's go. Downton Abbey is back. And you heard the music. We're still in throwback season. It's Downton Abbey, season two, episode five. What is going on, Corey? Not all that much. Uh, how about you, Dave? Same old, same old. Been a pretty dreadful couple of days weather-wise here. Sure. So, and it's cold. Very London-esque with the, the rain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Being cold yeah. out. But it's September. You know, I'm, I'm waking up cold, and I'm like, maybe it's time to turn the heat on in this big house. And I say, no, I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. It's going to be warm again in a few days. Just hold out, man. Just be strong. Yes, it's the Boy Scout in me. It's like, I can be cold. I've been through worse. Uh, yeah. well, well, Dave, you went to a Jets-Patriots game the other day on a Sunday outside in the pouring rain. And one of our listeners said, oh, I'm a Patriots fan. And Dave, you, you were not there to support the Patriots. I wasn't. I mean, I was not there to support the Patriots. My girlfriend's whole family are Jets fans. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad has been a cat, like a, not a diehard Jets fan, but a Jets fan. Um, sure. So and it was raining and you're cold still maybe from that game. Yeah. May, that's what I was thinking. I thought, I mean, I'm shocked I didn't catch COVID from being around that many, you know, football fans, but mm. there are a, uh, it, I, I was prepared. I brought a poncho. Okay. So that's I was good. dry. I say dry and it didn't downpour that long, but. It was one of those things that I showed up to the game, and it started raining. I put the poncho on, and mm. I like didn't get up from my seat the whole time. Like, <laughs> didn't get a drink. I got up during halftime to go to the bathroom, and that was it. Just and the rest of the game, warmth. I just huddled. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a That's very uh, stressful, annoying game of poor football playing, I would say. So, so yeah, you, you went to a game that was freezing cold with rain and i was at one that was 100 degrees the week before exactly it you know you just weather in america yep. here all over the place oh yeah the whole I, it, you know global warming is real we're all gonna die <laughs> okay we're real real it back take it back a step for one second we, we got we're going to take it back 100 years we're going to go back to down this week y'all well before we do that we do have a little bit of news we do yeah michelle dockery oh yeah the not she is married, off the market. Do you, Dave? Dave, do you know who she's married to? She's. I saw the article. I didn't click it, but I read the headline. Phoebe Waller Bridge's brother, Jasper. Jasper Waller Bridge. All right. And one of the special guests at the wedding, Mr. Alan Leach, Mr. You know Branson. Uh-huh. Who uh huh. Who Well, the the key thing about Alan Leach, though, to keep in mind, is that he actually introduced. Uh, Michelle Dockery to her former husband who uh, unfortunately passed away from cancer so I can only imagine the emotions there <laughs> uh, the other day I'm just, yeah, just I'm sure glad it was a happy she's day happy. yeah I don't see for her. too many other Downton Abbey people that showed up although I think there were several Brennan Coyle officiated <laughs> I don't think so I don't think it went that way and if it would have would have been Carson, but Lily James actually was there, and Laura Carmichael, Edith. So there we go. I wonder if uh, after the events of the show, if they just kind of stopped being friendly with Jessica Brown Finley as as she stepped aside. I mean, yeah, she left pretty early, so you know she went to go live her own life. Who knows? You know, maybe they're not meant to be sisters forever. Yeah, whereas uh, Laura Carmichael it is. Mm-hmm. Forever until they die, they're bound to each other. <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, that that's how marriage works, as far as I'm aware. Um, we're not visiting da- revisiting Downton just because she got married this week. We put it to you, the listeners, to suggest episodes for us to to watch and discuss because we have time to kill until Guild Age. And so last week we talked about Poldark. This week we are going to a stray episode of Downton Abbey, uh, and so. How did we land on episode uh, five? I season believe two? this is um, season two, episode five, not season five, episode two. 
Right, that's what I meant. Okay, oh, I, I, I was going to say, I hope we didn't watch totally different episodes. No, no, no. Um, we put it in the Patreon group that this is what we were doing, uh, and mm-hmm. we got two, a couple of responses. Um, you know, I think our Patreon fans are big Downton heads first and foremost, so obviously they said, oh, thanks for doing a Pole Dark episode one. I think it's time to go back to Downton, and we got a couple Downton suggestions, and this one I believe is from Haley. So yeah. this is... Uh, her request that we cover this episode, and I was like, "Are we gonna? Are they gonna ask us to watch like Pete Gordon again? Are they gonna ask us to watch Tofton again? No, mm-hmm. not at all." Haley said, "Let's let's uh, punch you in the in the gut with this one." Yeah, this is a, a tough one. Yeah, you know, I, I thought I would know this episode, but I did not. Going into this, it has a little bit of everything. Um, Honestly, you know, it's been so long since we've watched Downton. I wasn't even sure which platform it was on to stream. No, I, <laughs> it's bounced you watch around. It it's bounced around from Amazon to Netflix to Peacock. Uh, I chose Peacock because I just like how fast it fast forwards compared to, uh-huh. to Amazon. Although it does the weird thing where it cuts to black for a second where we're oh, yeah, insert- the commercial breaks. Right, but it didn't actually have commercials. It just cut to black as if there were commercials. And I believe we've had some listeners tell us that in some countries it did have commercials when it was on. Mm-hmm. So those fades to black were probably where they actually faded to black. Whereas on PBS in the U.S., for those unaware, they just show it commercial free. Yeah. So, yeah. That, Dave, what did you watch on Amazon or uh, Peacock? I did Peacock. Or, okay. That's the stateside choice. I, I had to check because I know... You know, WWE TV rights are all up in the air. I said, I hope they didn't lose, you know, they didn't lose Downton. Peacock. But if if Peacock loses WWE and Downton, I'm going to have to cut bait. But thankfully, both are still there as of now. <laughs> and so that's where we watched it. Mm-hmm. Here we are back in 1918 in the Amiens? Yep, in is the that, trenches. Is that what they call uh, But I mean, I'm just not familiar with that part of the map. That's in France. Amiens. Amiens. Someone correct us on how to pronounce this French area. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, AI Matthew robots and... will do that. Absolutely. Please. <laughs> um, Matthew and William Mason are at war. Yes. Matthew's... For one scene. Matthew's getting ready. Time to go. We're going to fight. And even in this scene, you know, William is addressing uh, Matthew as captain, uh, or, or as sir, because, yeah, he's a captain. And, you know, they're just like, yeah, just hold fast. And they just, you know, we got to just do what we got to do, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they know their duty. And, man, they are overmatched. Indeed. Like, legitimately, I understand this is World War One trench warfare where one side would mow down the other, but... All you see is Matthew and William's side, the, the British side, go like, charge! And then they're just waiting with a Gatling gun to mow them all down. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, most of them die, it looks like. Yeah, and we see William pretty much launched on top of mm-hmm. Matthew. It's funny, because yeah. last week we watched Ross Poldar get left for dead in the middle of a field. Mm-hmm. This week we watched Matthew and William get left for dead in the middle of a field. Yeah. Now, do you think William was launched, or do you think he has that vertical in him to prote- protect uh, Matthew? Because as he said, he, he did it to, to save Matthew. Do you think he's he got a jump shot in him? Yeah, I do. I actually do. <laughs> I'm not saying that's necessarily 100% the truth. Okay. It's a bit of the explosion, a bit of his uh, leaping ability, uh, William, there. Oh, yeah. William is, I mean, I think we can tell from this episode, he's a, he's a, a strong boy who, oh, yeah. you know, we see later... Looked perfectly fine, not perfectly fine. That's how it goes sometimes. But we'll get to that as we get to that. And so the episode then cuts back to Downton, and it's the, the classic soap opera thing where uh, Lady Mary's like, I felt something. Something just and happened. Daisy, too. Yeah, they felt like a tremor, which I, uh, there's stories of people saying they felt something when something bad happened, but, you know... It's a it's a bit of a soap opera trope more than anything, I think. Yeah, I feel like this is... I think Julian in season two, he's still kind of playing with the tropes instead of using his own strong narrative voice here. Yeah. 
Now, the last time I felt a tremor of any sort, it was more a reaction to something I ate. <laughs> and it was like, oh, no. It, well, it wasn't no, Daisy's, Daisy's cooking. Mary's eating what Daisy's cooking. That is true. Maybe it was something Daisy's over cooking. the pot, and she's going, ugh. <laughs> that upstairs. was what they were feeling. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they kind of... They they say, yeah, Matthew and uh, William, well, they don't know about William, but Matthew's been injured and they're trying to bring him back to, to Downton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, isn't there something about, like, you know, captains or whatever, like, where they're placed and stuff like that? Like Yeah, like, it's there's some sense of randomness that he's coming home mm-hmm. and Downton is uh, still a hospital. It's not a convalescent right. yet, right? Or no, it is a convalescent. It is a convalescent. Then they can't show special treatment. Just because he's Matthew, he has to stay with everyone else. Uh-huh. And that seems uh, to come into play more so with William as the episode progresses, the idea of uh, preferential treatment. Mm-hmm. And but so also, way back, this but... is, um, we're still dealing with the, the sort of blowback for Isabel wanting this Downton, Downton to be a convalescent home where even Cora at this point seems a little stuck up and saying like well where are we supposed to go and hang out and sit yeah and it's it's like just go in a small room and violet a huge and, house <laughs> violet and Cora are on the same side of like we just want this done we don't want these people here anymore how many scenes do we get of robert sitting by himself in the house why, why can't they just do that <laughs> yeah he's got uh, his whole room that uh our new friend bumps into it we'll talk later well i mean so they're on the way back to Dalton. we can jump to any storyline from here i think Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's just the setup for the episode. But we can kind of climb our way up the chain in terms of storylines here. Okay. I think a low-hanging fruit that's uh, poignant is the Branson Sybil of it all. Sure. Just a couple scenes of them, you know, Branson crossing a line and socially. Well, what is it? The, the czar got shot, and he's grieving yeah. about that. He's like, look, it happened. Didn't uh-huh. think it was going to happen. Czar got shot. And she's like, man, I got other stuff going on. And he's like, this is why we can't get along. You don't care about the same things I care about. <laughs> yeah, this and, is really like, I know we talked about this when this first aired. In isolation, it doesn't seem that bad. But mm-hmm. if Lady, if, if Sybil ever just was like, I'm going to tell my dad about this. Brains will get yeah. fired. He would probably go back to Ireland. Right. Because even earlier, in the, before he's talking about the czar, they have, they have a moment before where he's just like, Man, you're all cold, and like I'm surprised you even care about anyone. It's like, who the heck are you to be talking out of turn like this? And obviously, they have a closer relationship where he can get away with that with her. But yeah, he's he, still, he, if if the wrong person heard that, he would be maybe even like arrested. You know, like this yeah. dude is is disrespectful in a in a you know, it's like he's kind of playing like a kind of a pickup artist. Yeah. He has different it, it, motives, but he's still kind of talking to somebody as if, like, it's a done deal. Like, I've got sure. her. <laughs> and, and when they're having one of their tiffs, she's about to walk away, and the way he stops her is he puts his hand around her hip <laughs> to, like, mm-hmm. hey, 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 where are you going? Which And they have a moment. Yeah. It, it's suggestive. Um, now, thank, it's like, thank God this is not, like, the moment that it happens, because if it was, yeah. this relationship, I think, would be off to the on, on the wrong foot. Yeah, it would be a strange moment. Yeah, hey, so I, sort of I, anger. Mm-hmm. Because what is he talking about? He says, like, uh, oh, she's saying that Mary's still in love with, with Matthew. And she's like, yeah. can you not talk about that? Like, you're, you know, let's treat this a little differently. Right. And then they touch hips and almost... <laughs> you know, uh, I, I almost can't recall how much I, how much I thought of that in the moment back when we watched it. But I had a moment recently... This is at work where I was like saying goodbye to some coworkers. It was just like a regular at the office thing, and so we we're giving a hug, and I felt the 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 woman's arm hand then graze down my side to my hip as she was saying goodbye. And I was like, Uh-oh. "Was that accidental, or was that?" I don't. She's a married woman with children, obviously. It's not nothing, but it was like that can that can connotate a lot more than I realize sometimes. Oh, yeah, and then watching this Downton episode, they lock in. Yeah, something almost happens. Nothing happened there at work. It was just like, oh, that, that, well, now I understand what Branson and Sybil, there, there was something more maybe there. That was like, hey, 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 what's going on here? Okay. But there's nothing there. But yeah, that, that's kind of where we leave it for this episode with them too. 
Mm-hmm. Also, um, I think we can knock this one out of the way, just because we we don't love her. Ethel is uh, Ethel is being Ethel. One thing I miss about covering the show is just pretty much easy to knock off the Ethel storyline week after week. Like, you know what? Let's just talk about this first and get it out uh-huh. of the way. Yeah, so we have uh, Hughes mm-hmm. is is sneaking over some food to Ethel, who is with the child of the one of these majors that is just kind of chilling at the house. Like, he's convalescent. He's in great shape. Yeah. He's hanging out playing cards with the boys. He's got a nice mustache. Brian. He's clean-shaven. And she is, uh, she can't get a job. She says she scrubbed a few floors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there's just no, there's no hope for her. And, and she's covered and shrouded with this controversy about the, this child. And she had to leave Dallin. And she gives Hughes a letter to give to the major. And she says, make sure the major reads it in front of, of you. Mm-hmm. And then we see. Hughes brings it to the major, and the major's like, I'm not going to read it. See ya. And mm-hmm. then that's it. And there's something about the storyline, even more so than when we watched the season, just watching this episode in isolation, how shoehorned this all feels mm-hmm. in this episode. It comes in literally in the middle of the episode, and it's like, oh yeah, this was going on. And it's just a downbeat for Ethel. And it, man, she doesn't have many upbeats in this show. Right. Because... I, Understandably, she's having a hard time, but they do a better job of weaving in the same storyline with Jane, (laughs) I think, in this episode that covers the same territory, uh, funny enough. Uh, I guess, you know... We can talk about that now, too. That's a pretty straightforward Well, so they they need a maid to replace Ethel since she's gone, since she's had a child, and... She is with... She has a a baby, uh, but she's a widow, her, her husband passed away in the war. Uh, and so they see it fits, kind of just accept her, no questions asked. I mean, well, they've run well, it by Robert. There's not no like, questions asked. There's a bit of a stigma. People yeah. are like, why are we hiring her? Because she has a child. Right. But then, like, we got to give her a fair shot. We need a maid. Mm-hmm. And is it Robert who ultimately just says yes? And, and yeah. Cora's like, he gets it. How come you don't run this by me first? And Robert's like, well, <laughs> you know, I'm Robert. Well, no, no. Robert says, you've been busy. You yeah. know, you don't have time to pay attention to anything. Like, we have this family that we're supposed to be meeting with or whatever, and then, like, you're not available. Uh, mm-hmm. It's planting the seeds of dissension between the two of them. Um, but Hughes does comment to Ethel, like, we did just hire a maid who actually has a child, too, who actually lost her husband to war compared to you, <laughs> who's lying about it to get a job. Um, but, again, it, it covers the same territory. Julian needed to get this episode to 55 minutes, so I guess that's why we have Ethel. Yeah. Do you think if, if you told Julian you got to scrub one character out of down completely, mm. I think there's a pretty decent chance it's Ethel. You lose nothing by taking Ethel out, of the, Ethel out of the equation, really. Yeah, because I feel like they try to use Ethel to elevate Mrs. Hughes to some sort of, uh, you know, moral high ground of, like, she's just the cool with it woman yeah who will help but i think you can get there without her and the thing is they do the same story with jimmy a season later uh a season or two later where he's free willing with whoever you know will throw down with them and they interweave it at least more effectively with him and, and barrow and all that but again it's just like okay the woman perspective is it ruins their life the male perspective still ruins his life but not to the severity that it did for ethel mm-hmm. got it but Thanks, he also Julie. doesn't get that old lady or whoever pregnant right right but i'm just saying that like you know he covers his territory pretty effectively twice over <laughs> and the ethel one is just decidedly more downbeat it's 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 rough yeah um, and Eth- i mean ethel is just not a i mean this is we've, we're taking this sort of out of context because we haven't watched the earlier episodes like ethel ethel's kind of a screw up from the get-go like she's fun when she when she shows up at the beginning of season two yeah, but then we see the way she shacks up with the the major who, you know, both of them are at fault for that in that era. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do like, like, though, the introduction of Jane to, to Robert this episode where she bumbles into the wrong room because she doesn't know where the, the room is that she's supposed to clean. And he just kind of stands there, like, thinking. It's not like he's attracted initially. He's just like... He's like, oh, what's up? A, a woman in Downton. Huh. Holy guacamole. <laughs> 
a single woman in Downton that's my age. Oh. I don't know if she's his age. I feel like she's a little close younger. enough. If I throw a ball and she's close enough. She's very striking too. Like she does look like kind of. She has like Cora's features in a lot of ways. She Bright does eyes. look a little bit like Cora. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean. If you go to this actress's name, Claire Calbraith, mm-hmm. her profile picture on IMDb is Jane. Yeah, she she Downton. is just that character. Yeah, Missed opportunity she, to she doesn't do like only thirty six credits to her name. She's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, missed opportunity to do like a single white female thing where she starts to look like Cora, and then Robert doesn't know that he's <laughs> being taken by a, an imitator of Cora. I would love to see something really soapy like that, but it, it go it it goes where it goes. It goes where it goes, yeah. Um, what other do we have? Any other uh, sort of small plots? I feel like the two big plots interweave. Uh, well, yeah, they they do interweave because we get so much. We have the, four the two, There's the two big plots. There's the the Mary and Matthew and. Well, I mean, I Daisy. guess Matthew's kind of just there. Sure. he He's laid up. He shows up. He's looking bad. And he looks real rough here. Pale. Oh, yeah. When he, when he first shows up, he's looking like he's on death's door. And then... And, and Clarkson is, even gives us the preface. Like, to, to Mary and us as the audience as well, that, like, just going to warn you, <laughs> it ain't looking good. <laughs> he looks pretty rough. Yeah. Th- and, thanks, Clarkson. And when he walks in, he's all like, I think Sybil says to Mary, like, hey, we're going to have to cut his clothes off. And Mary's like, I'm, let me pull up a chair. <laughs> Give me the scissors. Uh, that's, uh, so, you know, we know, when we know what we know, his spine mm-hmm. is severely damaged. Yeah. And uh, no motor function from the waist down. And we see as our dear underrated character friend, Lavinia Swire, shows up. Mm. Matthew doesn't think he's going to be down for a real marriage. He doesn't think he's going to be genetically capable of the full marriage. Proper, proper, proper marriage. marriage. They, they they bring this word up proper again when it comes to Carson and uh, uh, Hughes later on <laughs> of having a proper marriage. Because, um, yeah, she doesn't get it until she's like, oh, oh, oh. Mm. No, and then they do that moment twice over because then she tells Mary, and Mary's like, oh, ah, <laughs> that's what that means. Because your spinal cord is severed, you won't be able to walk, and then you won't be able to do that thing that you're supposed to do. Um, I feel for Lavinia here, though, because, like, she comes in, she sees his ex next to her, uh, and then she gets all this bad news, and, I don't know, she seems to, like, I just feel it really feel for her in that moment. Like, you know, just having everything just thrown on her. And yeah, the way Matthew delivers that to her, it's just like, man, your life is just going not the direction you thought it would at all. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Lavinia. You're in this mess with these people. Yeah. And, and Matthew wants to go home. He wants to get out of there. He's like, give me a, I just, I'm so sick of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in Lavinia's, yeah, she's she's confiding to Mary because she has no one else to talk to. Like, she'll die if she can't be with him, which, whew, some foreshadowing maybe. Um, <laughs> but Matthew himself is just feeling bad about the whole situation. Everyone is just feeling bad. Uh, but they're feel- they're like awfully level headed considering how fast this turnaround is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. I just like, got well, back yesterday. I looked like I was gonna die. Sybil cut my clothes off. I can't walk. And uh, yeah, I'm probably no kids. Tell Lavinia to go home. See ya. It's credit to how Clarkson breaks the news. I think he broke it all so slowly to everyone, and it just made it feel a little bit more digestible. Yeah. But uh, it did crack me up though when Matthew says, "I'm feeling sick," and I sent you a Snapchat video of this where he just vomits in the little. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think I reround that like five six times. I'm a big fan of people vomiting, but the way he just the amount of the sound of his vomiting is not the same as what it looks like he's vomiting. It's like, yeah, he just like turns his head over and then you just hear it. 
It's like like someone gave Julian like a fart button. It's like there's also a vomit sound. Like, Julian hit it. <laughs> it sounds like the audio was piped in a little bit. Just like it definitely was piped in a lot. Oh yeah. Do you think I had to do like like uh, overdub that? Where like, hey Dan, come, can you come into the studio and, and vomit a little bit for us? He's like, all right, sure. I think I want to quit so, this show. I don't like this doing this. Unrelated to everything, but the one thing that clocked early in this episode is when they're asking what the status of Matthew is, like the whole downstairs help, and they want to know what's going on with William. It's the middle of the night. Carson is so sweaty. Bates is so sweaty. <laughs> if you watch that scene, scene, even Robert, they're all they're they're beaming with like sweat, shiny foreheads. Real stressed there in Downton. Yeah, well, I mean, Carson and Bates have to go down like three flights of stairs, right? Because they're on the tippy top <laughs> of the building. Bates is, is handicapped. Carson's old. Don't know why Robert's that. sweating. If they made that a thing where, like, just because they have to heave ho up all these stairs, and you know it's not easy for, for Bates to get up, they just start sweating at the beginning of every scene because they just had to climb all these stairs. <laughs> we don't know what him and Anna were getting up to before this either. That's true. They were standing next to each other. Uh, but, yeah, back to Matthew. Isabel shows up to comfort him. He's great. He's doing fine. The boy, he's a magical boy. Yeah, fairy tale boy. Yes, that's what it is. So I think that leaves us with our big sort of one A and one B here. Now, well, what, let's start at the bottom of the chain, which is uh, why, don't, why don't we tackle the um, Bates and Barrow and uh, O'Brien piece first? Sure, you can take that one because uh, Bates and O'Brien. Not Bates and O'Brien. O'Brien and Barrow led on to Mrs. Bates. You know, A, she's already gotten the information about what happened with Mr. Pamuk the year before. Uh-huh. Uh, well, the season before, not the year before. Uh, but they didn't reckon how involved she'd be in trying to ruin Downton. Because it was mm-hmm. all there, cause Barrow and O'Brien are discussing for a second, like, oh, the repercussions of this could actually ruin the household. <laughs> and yeah. as a result, us as well. This is not good. Uh but you can see Barrow having returned from the war has a new sense of like, you know, maybe not everything we're doing here is exactly what we should be doing. This is not okay. Yeah. And O'Brien is still like, come on, man, be evil. It's fun to be evil. Yeah, we're the bad guys here. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Bateses, they think they're okay. They think everything is going okay. Yeah. And then Vera shows up. Well, they, well, they they go to church because they they want to make a prayer for Matthew and and William and William, and we get the not not the one that stays rent free in our head, but we get one similar where Bates says it won't be long now, and it's the second of the episode because Matthew says it to William or uh, mm-hmm. earlier, so it's the double. You know, it won't be long now until our troubles are gone. It's like I don't think so, John. I know what your next couple seasons look like, my man. Uh, yeah, things, things get a lot darker before they get a little brighter. But it is sweet to see them comfort each other when they really need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Mrs. Bates is back. She ain't gone anywhere. No. No, she's she's right where she started. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I want to, I want more. And I'm going to bring this out. I'm going to bring all this information out. And Bates is ba- like, what about the money I gave you? And she goes, I lied. <laughs> yeah. Go figure, Bates. Uh, she wants more money. Don't you know this woman? And you can mm-hmm. tell, you can tell it's on the the tip of his lips the words he wants to say, but he doesn't quite say. It. He's like he you, doesn't say. I thought this might have been the one that he says it, but he you, doesn't. You, oh, I can't. <laughs> Anna's right here. If Anna wasn't right here, I'd be saying you, son of a bear. Uh, um, you can see him like getting all <laughs> tense about it. He's getting feral. You can see there's like foaming at the mouth, and he yeah, wants to say the words. Yeah, old school is about to come out. His leg is starting to kick. He's working again. <laughs> Bates wants to unleash, but he can't, and it's right there. <laughs> uh, so they need to figure out a way to nip this in the bud. Uh huh. And this is where it leads back around to our boy, the man, Sir Carlisle. He's back. <laughs> This guy. This is probably one of the shi- more shining moments for him in the season. This is a great moment for him in this oh, season. Oh, yeah. We'll break it this down, This is dude. one of those things where I have no clue how 
you know, you want to talk about how like Ethel is presented so poorly all the time. Carla has a bad bedside manner, mm-hmm. but that's it. Like right. everything he does here. I mean, I think the uh, engagement announcement at the end of the episode is a little bit of a, a, a un, unforeseen part. But Mary goes in there, and we see Mary wearing like a red jacket and red gloves, looking mm-hmm. like you know some business is about to be dropped. And she's telling Richard Carlyle about Pamuk. Yeah, she's bringing this up, and she's like, "Hey, you know, I, 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 I'm deflowered. I'm not, you know, basically all these things that would." Strike her from the board of being eligible. Mm-hmm. And Carlisle's like, that stinks, but what can we do to make <laughs> it better? Uh, but it's funny, though, because, you know, just in terms of the bedside manner, the way he greets uh, Lady Mary is, oh, the cold and careful Lady Crawley. Jeez, come on, man. This is the guy you're trying to <laughs> woo. Um, and, then, and then, you know, based on that news, like you said, he's like, well, now we can come to the marriage on more equal terms. This is good. <laughs> you, you know, you'll be in yeah, my he's favor. He's a little excited. He's like, this is good. Uh, yeah. I'm okay How's with that. How's it feel to be like me? Yeah. Uh, and he's like, okay, I can take care of this. Don't you worry. So he calls in Vera. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he basically gets her to sign over the story, and he's like, "Look, this is a hot ticket item." And I know, and and as soon as it hits the news, you know, she, I think Vera's like, "Well, you can be the first to report it, but if other people pick it up, that's on them." And he's like, "No, no, no, I'm good, but yeah. I want to make sure that I am the one." And then she's like, "Well, how did you find out about me?" He goes, "I know everything that goes on." Oh yeah, I mean it's the icon- iconic line of "I know everything in this city. I'm a newspaper man." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, music but plays. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, just who knew? Back then, if you were in the news, you just knew everything. So that's the power she, of Carlisle. She's holds. like, all right, sounds good to me. And he's like, look, but you he does pay warn her. It. If you whisper this story to anyone else, you'll be tried for scandal. <laughs> uh, and you will not get away with this. You will be. Yeah, you're going to go. You're going to get locked up if you even yep. say these words to other people. Mm-hmm. And Vera's like, that sounds good. You're paying me. You're going to snitch out the, the Crawley family. This is a win-win. Yeah. Why would I even need to tell other people? And then... Well, Lady Mary reports back to, to Bates. You're like, hey, good news. That that vile man I may be uh, getting engaged to, he said, you don't have anything to worry about. The story is going to be kept secret. She's out of your hair for good. And then and Bates, Bates is, is like, like, finally, I can sleep. It won't be long now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they end on an upbeat with Bates and Anna. Like, oh, yeah, it'll be just fine. I feel like there's many episodes that end on an upbeat with Anna and Bates. It's like, no, it's not going to be fine, you two. Right. You will suffer a lot. Mm-hmm. But then the newspaper comes out the next day, and Robert is the one reading, and he's like, Richard Carlyle is marrying Lady Mary Crawley. He's like, what? And Mary's like, well, that was fast. I didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. And... Then we go back over to Carlisle's office where Vera walks in and she's like, you evil snake. Like tricked me. And, and she is livid. And she's like, what is it going to and, and Carlisle's like, if you tell any one person about this story, you're going to hang this game yeah. over. You're going right to court. That's the first place you're going. If you tell anybody and Vera is so upset and she has a, Maybe one of the funniest lines when you think about it contextually, oh, yeah. where she says to Richard Carlyle, like, this may be over for the Crawley family, but this is not over for John Bates. And Carlyle's like, what are you, who, who cares about John he, Bates? He, I don't he care says, about John quote, Bates. That, that, that's entirely your own affair. <laughs> like, that, so it's just like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. Like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, why do I care? Like, cool. <laughs> I John wish there was Bates. more intersecting stories like that where the other person's just like, "All right, you you take care of that. <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. care. <laughs> I I don't. I really don't care." Yeah. So. So, that's so she's that. just angry. She's been silenced. And she's definitely not coming back. Yeah, and, and it's funny though. Robert says to Mary though, like he asked for permission to print this, and she's like, "You know, that's just not his strong suit. He's just not the best at that. He's working on it." <laughs> And Robert's like, oh, God. Oh, man. 
And the fairy tale boy can't walk. Can't have kids. I'm screwed. Uh, what are we going to do here? What are we going to do? <laughs> but speaking of people that can't walk, William is back. Mm. And this is some master class work from Violet. From, yeah. you know, from everything involved with Maggie Smith in this episode is like 10 out of 10, firing on all cylinders. Uh-huh. Where we see the human side of the Dowager Countess, where Clarkson's like, we can't have him here. We just can't do it. Like, mm-hmm. that's not how this works. This is a luck. And they're like, what about Mr. Mason? Is his, you know, his father can't leave work to go be with his dying son. And Clarkson's like, I, I have no stake in this. And then Violet's like, we're the reason you have a place to work. Oh, yeah. this happens twice over. Uh-huh. Like we are the reason why you're here. Like, I think it's time well, you make an exception. Yeah, they'll figure us. something out. And then Clarkson's like, "All right, fine, you win." And I, I pop Dave. I don't know about you, but we see her working the telephone, and she's like, "Is this instrument for torture?" But she's calling up Shrimpy. Yeah, is that the first reference we ever have of Shrimpy on the show? It's an it's one of the first references of Shrimpy. Yeah, I, I like the planting of the seed there early. Um, but she knows so. He, she's asking like if he knows someone in the Leeds Infirmary, which can then hopefully help with the help of the transfer mm-hmm. of William is what she's getting at. So eat, light work for the Dowager Countess, but important work because I think these are the moments mm-hmm. where you know she's so cold so much of the time that it is good to see her stand up and make a statement. Yeah. And so, yeah, they get William back, uh, and he looks fantastic compared to, to Matthew, but uh, the doctor is quick to say, well, he's taking on too much damage. He's uh, fairly injured his lungs. You can't see it. Don't check. Don't check yeah, me on this, like just trust me. They say his insides are just like, he's like uh, Luke Cage. Like, you can't pierce the skin, mm-hmm. but his whole insides have just been mangled and destroyed. I've, I don't know how that works. I guess that was, you know, a thing that happened back then. He has but pernicious if it's plot. anemia. It's actually pernicious this time around. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike every other case in this show. Now he, right. He's got his, his injuries are so bad that he's not going to be long for this earth. Yep. And then we get into probably the most, uh, you know, dare I say despicable subplot of this show, which is Daisy just being a little brat, not wanting to be there. Yeah, so so we do have William staying at the house in his own bed, and, and mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Mason is saying like, "Well, maybe it'll do him good knowing that he's uh, you know back at home." And the doctor is about to tell him, Mr. Mason about the situation. And they're like, "No, no, no, don't, don't." And then Violet has that good line, you know, sometimes it's better to have someone learn the truth by degrees. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, must let the blow fall by degrees. Yeah. So, yeah, but yeah, now as you said, Dave, everything about this. It felt wrong in the moment and continues to age like milk uh, on repeat watches. <laughs> well, I, you know, they're talking about how if, if if Julian could scrub a character from Downton. Obviously, Daisy's a very important character. But throughout mm-hmm. the course of the show, she is just awful. Like, her highs are not very high. I don't, I mean, I don't feel negative ill towards Daisy from all this. You do? From this episode? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Daisy's terrible. Really? Yeah. Oh, I feel for Daisy. I'm. I feel totally for her, but I think she's being incredibly selfish. This is. Uh... You think? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Enlighten me. I think I think that she, O'Brien or not O'Brien, Patmore's like you got to go be with him, and she's like, but I can't do it. I can't marry him. I don't love him, and like mm-hmm. he's dying. Like, sure. get over your ego and go sit with him, and then. You know, like she does have the moment where Mr. Mason is there and it's the Daisy's like, no, I want to stay. And like, that's a nice moment. But everything yeah. leading up to that and even like beyond it is like she's she's just a brat. She's like, I can't do it. You know, but I mean, I don't take Daisy to be particularly religious, but you see it with the way Violet even brings in the vicar to convince him to marry the two of them on the spot. Like, mm-hmm so much of the conversation of the show is about marriage and a lot of the driving plots, like even with Carlisle is marriage is not nothing. So I can mm-hmm. understand for her, she's being forced into this thing that 
even with him passing away imminently, it carries a lot of weight. And there's a lot, you know, she'd have to say from there after, like, for the rest of her life, tell people that she's a widow, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they're really guilting her into doing something. And we see also, we know this from just after this happens, she feels guilty about it from there on out because she knows this doesn't feel right. And yet people keep pushing her regardless of what she's telling them. And no one's listening to actually what she's saying. It doesn't matter that she's a brat. It's the fact that, for me, from my perspective, no one's actually listening to Daisy or respecting her opinion in this at all, which is just... I think unfair to her, even if it is the right thing to do, she has her own voice and they should respect that on some level is the way I look at it. I think obviously you are right. She should, but this is also a different time for, for women. And also mm-hmm. I think she, she should be proud of herself for what she does after this. You know, I think, right. And that's what it turns into. I think, I think, you know, she does, she continues to be guilt ridden and I get that, but the only people she's interacting with socially are these people in this house and they all understand the story. She's not carrying this mm-hmm. guilt out into the, you know, she's not going on Tinder saying like, I'm a, dip, you know, I'm a widow. She's hanging right. out with all these people in the house that know she didn't really love him and that mm-hmm. she married him out of the kindness of her heart. And he even says it to her where he's like, look, your life is so much better. If you just do this with me right now, you get money. You get you get war benefits. You get you know like yeah. spouse benefits if you do this, which is I think what you know William goes out on top. He considering how what happens, yeah. And Daisy continue, and this is obviously projecting into the future. Daisy is just like, ugh, I feel so guilt ridden. It's like don't don't. Yeah. That's all it is. You just say like you don't have to. Doesn't matter. You didn't love him. He didn't die thinking you did. It is funny though the the, the money conversation because like the the vicar is just like you know. She's not. You're, you don't want this marriage to happen just for the dole that would be handed out by the government. And Violet's oh, like, the the Dowager Countess is like, I pay for your house. I yeah. Pay, no, Robert pays for your house. Robert pays for your church. Robert pays for everything. You're I think it's time you died. suck up your morals for a little bit. Yep. Uh, and it is pretty beautiful the way they decorate his room uh, there uh-huh. with all the leaves and everything. It's very much a you know, memorable visual there. Uh, and you just think like William is just lying there the whole time, I guess when they're setting that up, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. But, uh, and it is, I mean, it's an incredibly sweet moment, which is again, why I think I have such a difficult time with Daisy here because, mm-hmm. you know, do you think like the dowager needs to be sitting there for this wedding and all these people need to be there for this? Like they're all going because they have a sense of loyalty to this man who served them. Yeah. And it is a sweet moment. And like going forward, I think that Daisy does not understand that like everybody's playing this game with her. Mm-hmm. And we see this continue well, through the season when they have the memorial for William, the special yeah. memorial. So, yeah, I'm just not a fan of the way Daisy and I guarantee, you know, like I know she's supposed to be like an 18 year old kid. Like she's supposed well, to be that very even young. makes it worse. They're literally coercing this borderline child into marriage. <laughs> But um, she knows it's not a real marriage, and she knows it's not for long. But it's it's the principle, I think, of just morals, you know, for for a show that is like you know very much quick to side on the you know right side of like what is morally correct. This is like a gray area, and I think they're pushing a little hard on the narrative that like this is the one way it should be, which is making William happy rather than just like. But I think they bring it back around because you know her relationship with Mister Mason grows, and it becomes more than that. But I don't, I don't want to suggest that, you know. You're wrong, Dave, but I don't think it's entirely the right tack to say she's being obnoxious. Because I think it's, it really is a weighty decision for her to make. No, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I I think we both agree with each other. We just have different tones with it. Yeah. Different yeah. approaches. It where... is heavy, though, when like, to see Carson you know, breaking down and Anna quivering uh, when they're getting married. That is heavy stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Daisy does rise to the occasion. Like she knows that it's a, you know, emotional responsibility to this guy that she sent off to war with her photo, mm-hmm. and that was her sweetheart. Or he and she never got the chance to like break it off. And it is like it. it I guess the the thing is, you need to think about like what you would do in her shoes. And I think yeah. that's where my frustration with Daisy comes from. Is like you can't just let it be. Mm-hmm. take the high road do the right thing and move on she has to stew which again you know clearly julian loves daisy way more than i do because i just think 
Daisy hits a lot of bumps in the road throughout the course of the show. Yeah. I, I do so, find it funny how they play fast and loose with William this episode. Like, he's not doing well. He's on his death door. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> I'm not. William, you're about to die, dude. <laughs> That's okay. Get Daisy for me. I want to talk to her. He's like, okay, so we just got married. Can you please cut to Matthew vomiting in a bucket before I actually die? Can that happen first? Yeah. That, that is a moment, though, where Matthew's like, wait, how's William? He, he was trying to protect me. And they're like, nah, man, sorry. Bad news, dude. Ugh, I'm going to vomit. <laughs> um, yeah, I do feel for William, though, in this moment. Because it also feels, too, just in the terms of the show, man, like, you know, they they have turnover in the cast and stuff like that, but it sucks mm-hmm. when you get permanently ridden out of a popular show like that and it's at its peak and it's like, well, hope you enjoyed your ride, buddy, because you, you are gone from the most popular show on TV. Yeah, we'll see you. <laughs> I, I feel for the actor. <laughs> yeah. He, who, you know, like, I don't think anyone thinks William is an Emmy-worthy character, but who knows, no. you know, clearly, clearly Daisy sticks around until the very end of the show through the movies. Right. Well, it's a thing where, what is it? The actor who plays uh, William Mason, he is... Thomas Howes. Thomas Howes. And he hasn't gotten that much work altogether since Downton, honestly. He's he's done one-off episodes of uh, TV shows. He was on an episode of Ted Lasso, I guess. And, huh. But, like, he, he hasn't worked all that much, and it's like, man, he really lost some income there by getting rid of out of that show. That's a, yeah, that's a real... Yeah, Julian didn't even call him back like he did for Peg, an English game. Yeah. Poor Interesting. guy. So, anyways. So we do get the last scene where it's uh, Daisy and Mr. Mr. Mason and William, and they say, uh, you know, like, I'm not going to leave his side. And Mr. Mason mm-hmm. says, I don't think anyone needs to be with him anymore. He's He's gone. Yeah. And it is a sweet little moment. Sad, obviously, but... You know, it's good to Rest see that peace. they give him his moment. Yeah. So and that that ends the episode. Hard cut. Solid episode of Down. It really has everything from season two when you think of season two in it. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for recommending us to watch this episode. This is a yeah solid. It's down. a heavy one. It's a heavy one. Clearly, we disagree uh-huh. about some tonal issues, which is I think kind of ideal when you're mm-hmm. asking us to revisit something that is we we've discussed at length before but yeah kudos to Haley for recommending a a sort of downer in a lot of it's been about four or five years since we even talked this episode so it was it was time i guess to revisit it. yeah we'll we'll go over some of daisy's other greatest hits in due time and i think you you might jump on my side a little bit with her oh i'm not saying she's entirely guilt-free believe me she she who really sought an education and did what with it uh, <laughs> just complain. She's like a teenager on Twitter finding out about communism. Like, it's, it's rough. Yeah. Well, we got power rankings, though, right? We do. Okay. Well, Dave, who do you have going down this week? Going down third place, I got Lavinia Swire. I got Lavinia, too, at number three. She's got a rough go. Mm-hmm. She's brought in, you know, she basically says, like, she tells Mary, I'll die if I can't be with Matthew. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, we know what happens dun, dun, there, dun. but not a great, not a great look. No, it's just all just bad news for her this episode. And she's just a nice person. She she means well. She's only a nice person on the show, and then everything that happens to her is horrible. Yeah, yeah. And never, you know, it seems like she's doomed from the get go. I feel you feel for her. Yeah. Well, number two going down, Dave. I got Vera. I got Vera also at number two going down. You know, grand opening, grand closing. You, you came in, you thought you had this mm-hmm. thing, you thought you were screwing over, and Carlisle got you. Also, how did Vera get into the house like so easily to down and talk to I think um, O'Brien and, and Barrow probably let him in. Maybe. But it, it kind of struck me, though, that she has two isolated scenes with Carlisle and so few scenes with anyone else. It's pretty funny. Like I think I feel like this actress had limited availability. She's been in other things I've seen. And, and you got like, you you got to give it to Anna too for even bo- like having the guts to stand next in the same room as Vera. Yeah, like she's just dealing with it. That's it's exactly good. Good it. look for her. So, okay. Well, number one, Dave, who's going down? I got Daisy. Okay. This is a you know we've talked about it thoroughly. I think that she's 
she has a difficult time understanding the selfless act she has to do. Mm-hmm. And she makes it difficult for the people around her. Pat Moore has a tough time convincing her to do it. You yeah. know, she she's so conflicted by all of this. And whether or not you like her in this or take her side or think that she's being too dramatic like I do, I think it's pretty... It, it's not a, a real argument that she, she's got the worst goal. Or, a you know, one of the worst goals of it here. Well, I think Matthew has the worst week. He's number one going down for me. The guy literally has a, his, his spine... Severed allegedly, and he's just feeling beside himself. Like his whole future is just ruined, and then he's just vomiting up a storm in these little <laughs> plates here. He was at second and, place until that puke came out. Oh yeah, <laughs> he was really, really heaving it. Uh, I mean, and then even his buddy William isn't going to make it. It was all for naught. So it's just tough, tough week for 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 our cousin right. Matthew. Yeah, I feel like the fact that he doesn't die is enough to keep him off those negative rankings. It is pretty wild, too. Like, you know, with the severity of this news, we don't really get much of a reaction from Robert in this episode to it. Or we don't see, like, an isolated scene of him being like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, Robert is 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 kind of sidelined this week. Mm-hmm. In the right, library, so who do you have, specifically. Who, who do you have going up? Number three, Bates. Okay. It won't be long now. Everything's working out. His wife, his ex-wife, has been dealt with. He's he's there for Anna when she needs him. It's just a solid, like you know, Bates is there for you. Episode. Okay, interesting. I well, even I got, like I got... when they're in the church and you just hear the taps of his cane through the church. <laughs> that's, uh, so that's echoing sound cues is what gets you for Bates. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a, like a, the, the Bates greatest ASMR. hits. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got, I got William at three because this is a okay. guy who, you know, he's all about duty. He's all about doing his job from the second we meet him. Mm-hmm. And he gets severely injured doing his job to the best of his ability. He's on death's door and he becomes a selfless being where he ropes Daisy into basically a future. Yeah. Uh, a win for, you know, a financial stability, veteran, you know, um, widow benefits. And he does so like in his last dying moments like he mm-hmm. he has the the wherewithal to set her up for success and be aware of the fact that it's like she doesn't want to do it he's not like i love you you love me finally we can do this we can yeah. we can just say this and we can be happy for a minute he's like i know you think this is crazy but we would have you know this, this we got to do it so i think good yeah. on him leave on a high okay as best as you can being like broken from the inside out yeah well, at number two, I got Carlisle. Okay. This, this is the guy who says, I'm a newspaper man. doesn't matter what you think. I know everything that's going on in this city. I control the news. I can the literally king. just put out a, a marriage uh, engagement in the newspaper without even asking questions because I got the power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he's now got Mary in his favor. This guy is just pulling strings. There's nothing anyone can do about it. And he's not that evil yet. <laughs> No, they just need to turn to him for help. He's he's rock solid, Carlisle. All right, well, I got the Dowager Countess at two. Okay. She She's a, a two-scenes sniper in this episode. Yeah. Where, you know, we got to get William back. Dr. Clarkson's like, yeah, that's not, you know, don't think that's going to happen mm-hmm. just the way things. She's like, I'm going to make it happen. You're going to yeah. eat your words, Clarkson. And then we see her with Mr. Travis. I think that is... You know, we get a lot of put downs from the Dowager. We get a lot of quips from the Dowager, but we don't get a lot of like cut you off at the knees, yeah, just leave you, decimate you, level you. The way she talks to a man of the cloth and says, "Like I, I have made your life. Why don't you shut up, take your ideals, and shove them where the sun don't shine, my friend?" Like that is a stellar knockout moment from the Dowager. So ranks are right at number two. I think you're right. I did underrate a little bit how well Vera, uh, how well Violet came off this uh, this week, but I was just happy to see Bates. Number one for me, I have William for a lot of the reasons you had on uh, on the list, but literally he dies out dies on a high note. He got what he wanted, convincing Daisy to marry him, uh, and this action like carries on for the rest of the show. You know, in terms mm-hmm. of you know bringing her closer to Mister Mason, she's got money. It was ultimately a good deed and it really put him over and also the fact that he was there to save uh matthew matthew would have died yeah, if he didn't underrated, have his jump yeah. shot yeah so he took a bullet William, he, he stepped he on a blade he, he put his hand on a blade for her 
Matt. Yeah, he, blaze of glory for going going down, but going up this week, William. Well, I got I got newspaper man at number one. This guy comes in. Oh yeah, he's on fire. He, there's no stopping Richard Carlisle at this moment. Mm-hmm. Everything I, he I said, he's he he shuts Vera Bates down and then has the moment. I don't care about your your ex husband. I don't. Yeah. I could give a f less. Leave. Be gone. And I know they present him a little bit as being too old for Mary. I think you know that was the thought at least at the time that he's he's definitely older. But Ian Glenn watching this is like this is a strikingly handsome man. Like honestly, this oh, yeah. isn't the worst she could pull. <laughs> Good on them. Uh, but you know, I know you love Matthew, but Carlisle not not a bad bet. Honestly. Not the worst. I mean, Edith could have been with him easy. Yeah, handsome guy. And I think we we keep on skipping over the fact that like. He doesn't kick her to the curb after the Pamuk stuff. He's like, okay. Very suave. He's just like, it's okay, I got you. That's he sees the moment. Yeah. And the way he grabs her hand, too, by the fingers, it's just like, well, he's figuring it out, you know. <laughs> uh, he doesn't ace the landing, but he does He does good work here and there. Yeah. Well, that's for Downton, and I think we may be watching another Downton episode next week. Indeed, another fan suggestion. Keep them coming on the, the, the socials. Send them to us. It doesn't all have to be down. You know, we can nope. watch it. We can, we'll watch an English game again. No, we won't. No, uh, we won't. But, I know, don't think anyone's going to suggest an English game. We'll watch a Crown. We'll watch a Bridgerton. We'll watch a... We're, well, maybe not a Polar. Gilded Age because we have some plans for, for our yeah. Gilded Age stuff. Or Poldark, too. We'll pull, oh, we'll definitely Poldark. I want to do at least one more Poldark before we get to Gilded Age. Okay. Because we know that once we get to Gilded Age, that's going to be two months or whatever. Then we're going to have to yeah. jump into the crown, and that's going to be three months. <laughs> it's okay. Golden times over here. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, not complaining at all. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dave, have you been watching anything else? Um, little bit. little bit. I uh, watched as much Love is Blind as been, has been made available to me. I watched the first four. Same. Same. One and a half speed for me. I can't sit okay. there and watch it on regular speed. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. We get a couple loonies, which I think we're direly need after the craziness of last season. You know, like only one. We, I think we got enough crazy people here, which is fun. oh yeah. And they're like a couple of really insidious, like like evil intentions from some people on the uh-huh. season. Of Love is blind. I, I'm curious to see where, what direction they go with it. Oh yeah, uh, but so I can't. That- I can't watch this show anymore at like regular speed. It's too slow. Some of the interactions are so dull. It's just like if football's on, I got the I got it on my phone at one and a half speed, just listening, watching parts of it. I can't. <laughs> it's too much. You Four when Lachey's on, you got it on one point five, or you slow it oh, down? Oh no no no, that's at that's at a half speed. It's got to, <laughs> got to draw that one out. <laughs> well, I was you know like I know people have complained about uh, how him and Vanessa handled the reunion last year, so I was like, oh, mm-hmm. they're back, good. Yeah. And also, I watched. Uh, Season two, it's only three episodes of the the Murdoch murders, which is uh, mm, you know, never heard of it. It's the that guy in um, South Carolina that like murdered his son and wife, okay. and it was all over the news. So, you know, I'm not big on true crime, but some yeah. coworkers are talking about it. It's very snackable, you know. It's, okay, what, what's it on? It's on Netflix. So, like the first episode, okay. the first season's like four episodes, and then it cuts off, and then the trial happened like. You know, kind of in real time. So, as the yeah. first season was kind of in its pop culture zenith, the verdict came out, and then season two just came out, where it's sort of like the the actual trial playing out. Gotcha. All, after since making a murder, any of these true crime shows on Netflix have all just become white noise to me. They're all just kind of part and parcel. <laughs> well, this like, one is oh. this, this one's cool. Be well, cool in a, in a very grim way because it's true crime. Because mm-hmm. the this kid who was murdered. It all it has to do with his family being like basically serial, not serial killers, but like multiple time murderers and yeah. degenerates. But they all have cell phones. So you're seeing like Snapchats that the kids took when they were drinking underage. And you see. Mm-hmm. So it's like it is a different take on things. Yeah. Whereas okay. making a murderer, they're just a bunch of dummies in the woods. <laughs> Great dummies. Great TV Very dummies. Yeah. What about you, Corey? Are you watching anything? Uh, just the ultimatum LGBTQ plus edition based on your suggestion, man. It's great. It's great. It's, it, it's really just like conveying like things like stuff you could learn about relationships in your own life of like mm-hmm. what are bad, uh, 
traits of a relationship and stuff. And uh, yeah, you, there's not too many good traits of relationships you get from that show. They're all very spiteful, cruel people. <laughs> yeah. But aside from that, watching a lot of football and, you know, the the Broncos can make me cry. It was just really, really okay. rough week. But it's okay. Surviving. Well, we got more uh, doubting for you next week. So that's something positive to look forward to. Exactly. So you know where to find us. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, lordsgrantham at gmail.com. Find us on any podcast platform you listen to. If you would like to, we have a Patreon with the Lords Grantham Lounge where we talk to people that you can even you know, get some of our bonus content. Aside from that, though, uh, leave a five-star rating review if you so choose. We thank you for listening.